All right, let's do this. Zab, you ready? Gray Wolf, you there? Rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Ready to go. Okay. Great. Let's, uh, let's get this started. So, hey, this is uh, Ahawk from, from Haven. Um, we wanted to do this today to just go over the uh, community tokenomics proposal that we've all been talking about for the last couple of days and that um, was approved today by a community vote run through um, both sort of how that came together and the process for that proposal, uh, what's in it, uh, when it's all going to be deployed, and then sort of what's next and everything else that, that we're all working on at the moment. So um, I'll start with a little background on how the proposal came together, and then I'll run through uh, just sort of a quick summary, and then I'll let um, Zab, Gray Wolf, Klein, anybody else um, you know, who's, who's been close to this process um, chat and, and uh, make sure that I didn't miss anything, and then we can uh, open up to questions, and anybody that's here is welcome to uh, uh, request to speak, and we'll, we'll try and get a discussion going at the end of this, too. Um, so first, on, on the proposal. Um, so I think a little history is important here just to know how it all came together. Um, if everybody remembers, we uh, relaunched the protocol um, on, what was it, November 18th, 15th, mid-November, after having um, conversions uh, uh, on pause since uh, late June, early July, um, after this, the, the exploits that happened this summer. So protocol went through this, this huge overhaul, um, which included the creation of a new, a new validation proof for the mint and burn process um, that was audited and tested and everything and, and finally deployed um, in November. So that was sort of the first milestone that got us to making sure that we had you know, a, a, a secure protocol that was back online um, and you could go back and forth between XHV and XUSD and all the X assets. And after that happened, I think the uh, both the team, the community, sort of everybody at, at almost the same time um, sort of restarted discussions about what Haven's tokenomics looks like. And when I think when we use the word tokenomics, it's probably a little confusing. I mean, it, that can that can mean a lot of things. I think broadly, it could mean everything from how the mint and burn protocol itself works um, to things like lock times and fees and other things that, that sort of dictate how the assets are, are minted on chain and the restrictions and rules placed around that process. So when, you know, when that discussion happened shortly after Haven 2.0 launched, I think it became clear that there were some things we could potentially do in the short term. Um, that could that could get rolled out in the course of you know weeks, if not a, you know a month or so, that could improve, probably dramatically improve, the functioning of the protocol. And then there was some uh, you know a category of some other things that might take you know longer longer development, longer discussion, um, and but we're still worth thinking about. So the the team and and sort of a core group of longtime contributors uh, formed a, a working group. And really, you know, this was really driven by the community. And I mean, we, the, the team, as it were, were, were you know, participated, um, but in many ways were, were bystanders to this conversation because it was really community driven and really appreciate everybody that did pitch in to sort of give us um, feedback and ideas and discuss this stuff. Um, and so that working group sort of put together a you know, proposal of four broad categories of things that we could do in the next couple of weeks to improve tokenomics um, and submitted that proposal to the community uh, last week and have been taking feedback and we finished um, uh, the vote 
earlier today. So uh, with that, I will, maybe I'll pause right there on sort of process and how the proposal came together before we get into the, the, the meat of the proposal. And if anybody uh, wants to add anything, Gray Wolf or Klein or Zab or anyone else um, about the process, uh, let, let's talk about it now and then we can get into the details. So one quick thing, uh, I've tried in, uh, inviting Klein to speak a couple times already. He was mentioning in Discord he was having an issue. Um, oh, okay. Hawk, you want to try? You want to try and do that? Because I don't know. Yeah, if maybe I did. I, I did once already. I'll invite him one more time. Let's see what happens. He's refusing. That's what I think. To dodge. <laughs> smart man. <laughs> yeah, smart. <laughs> uh, Gray Wolf, did I did I miss anything about about the process? I think you, um, aside from Klein, you may be the only other member of the working group that's on right now uh no no real points were missed um you know as far as the process you know it was just very very much um a, a very broad back and forth between all the you know parties that were long-term contributors so uh the proposal definitely came from a place of just wanting to improve the protocol and really see the best for it in terms of its long-term performance Yep. And I think, you know, we, we've said this a few times, but it's worth uh, reiterating that the stuff that was voted on today and is going to get deployed over the next couple of weeks is um, is just a next step. It's it, it's an iteration that we think is really going to improve a, a number of things in the protocol, but it's not, you know, the final say about how um, both the protocol or the ecosystem of, of Haven is going to work over the long term. And I think, you know, safe to say we're open to the feedback on all these other sort of longer term um, topics that weren't covered in, in the proposal. Yeah. It's, it's really key that the community understands that, you know, the team and all the contributors are very focused on incremental growth as opposed to like making sudden changes that may interrupt processes. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, I feel like the process is being taken in the safe over sorry approach, which is always the best way to go in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Cause I think there were a number of things that, that we all discussed as a group and some of them were pretty radical and would have changed probably the, you know, the core functions of the protocol. I think everybody agreed they were worth thinking about, but both because of sort of the, the development work that would take to, to do them, which is lengthy and the discussion that, that would be needed to sort of determine if it was the best course um, would also take a, a lot of time. So the proposal really reflects the, the sort of faster, easier steps that we could take right now as we think about some of the longer term issues too. So that became clear pretty quick with the group. Um, all right, let me jump into the proposal real fast and then we can, we can get to a discussion. Nobody wants to hear me talk anymore. Um, I think everybody's probably familiar with it, but there's four, four things that the community voted on um, that, that was proposed and that the community voted on and approved today. Um, they are changing the unlock times for XHV and XUSD to an asymmetric model, um, uh, streamlining the conversion fees, eliminating the Delta advantage um, uh, between the spot and MA price for XHV, and implementing a, a new feature that would unlock the change from each conversion transaction in the uh, standard 10 blocks, 20 minutes unlock rather than having all the change in each transaction also get locked up um, for the lock period, which was something that we've probably talked about for, I mean, months, if not longer, um, and, and has been uh, something most people have been asking for for a while. So we're glad to have that um, on the list. 
So real quick on each of those, I think the, the, the lock times is probably the biggest change. Well, the lock times and the, and the Delta advantage are the two biggest changes uh, and, and probably have the most impact. Um, so right now, if, if you're not familiar with Haven, most of you probably are, but if you're not, when you convert XHV to the private stable coin XUSD, you have four different options um, that come with a different set of fees for each based on how fast your XUSD is unlocked. And the reason these were put in place uh, at the beginning of the project was really to uh, disincentivize and prevent uh, manipulation of the infant liquidity in the vault um, and the relationship between conversions and XHV's price on exchanges. And we wanted to make sure that there was some kind of lock period to guard against somebody trying to do um, hyper quick manipulations and, and mint and burn the protocol to the ground. And those, uh, you know, the default is seven days. Your XUSD is locked for seven days. And then there was um, uh, 48 hours, six hours, and I'm screwing up the fourth one because I don't have it in front of me. But essentially the, the working group all agreed that A, those, you know, priority unlock times and, and the associated fees were really only being used, um, primarily the 48 hour unlock, were really only being used by people that were sort of actively trading in the vault um, and, and using it to either ARB or trade and that most people use the default lock period. And um, there wasn't really a need to have a, a, a big complicated set of priority options because they were really only there um, you know, to be used. They were really only being used in practice by people that were trying to ARB and trade. So the group decided on let's have one unlock period for XUSD um, after you, after you mint it and one unlock period for XHV when you're, uh, when you're going back from XUSD to XHV. Um, and so the group settled on you know, this, this asymmetric model, which right now, if you, you know, the default lock period is seven days, so you mint XUSD and it's unlocked in seven days. And then you, when you wanna go back into XHV, um, that's also locked for seven days and it's uh, symmetrical. So the, the group decided that an asymmetrical model, model where you have a longer lock period for the XUSD and a much, much shorter unlock period for the XHV um, when you come onshore would A, uh, discourage you know, use of the vault solely as a trading mechanism and help encourage um, a more stable peg of XUSD on, on external markets. Um, so that's the biggest change. I think that you know, there was plenty of discussion about the length of uh, the unlock period and whether or not it should be 21 days or 14 days or 60 days or something longer, crazier or shorter. Um, and we settle on 21. We presented the option of 14 at the community. And for the most part, I think everybody supported the, the 21 days. Um, I, I, I do think the, the biggest change there, while the, while the unlock for XUSD is longer at 21 days, I think the more impactful change is the short onshore from XUSD to XHV being um, 12 hours. That's essentially going to allow you to take advantage of ARB opportunities for XUSD on exchanges and be able to mint back to XHV pretty quickly, um, which should help encourage trading in the exchanges instead of in the vault and um, ARB and XUSD to, to keep it closer to its peg. Um, so that's the biggest one. The, the, the second biggest one is removing the Delta advantage. And I think this has been probably called a hundred different things, including Delta burn, which was a little confusing, but the basic premise is, if you're not familiar with Haven, um, it uses a 24-hour moving average of the XHV price as reported by uh, Chainlink. 
to give you a price um, to convert XUSD in the Haven Vault. Again, this is done to you know prevent manipulation and flash crashes and, and um, black swan events. And uh, the problem that became you know evident over you know both earlier last year and certainly as we examine what the protocol is going to look like in the future is that it really gave anybody sort of a window into the future to see what XHV price was going to do, whether it was going to go up or down and give them an advantage, essentially a risk-free advantage in the vault to trade against it. And over time, I think it became clear to everybody that that wasn't sustainable um, and probably something that wasn't going to benefit the protocol uh, uh, long-term. So essentially the the proposal said, we're still going to have the 24-hour moving average in place. It's still important to guard against uh, you know, manipulation attempts, uh, especially when XHV has low liquidity and against black swan events. Um, but when you go to convert XHV to XUSD uh, in the vault, you're essentially going to get the spot price and you're not gonna be able to take advantage of that delta between the spot and the, uh, the moving average. Um, so I think that's you know clearly over the last year, um, the existence of that delta has created additional inflation in the XHV supply um, that is purely from sort of the risk-free trades that people have been able to make. Um, and it's not something that, that the working group or the community at large thinks should be part of the protocol moving forward. So those are the two biggest changes. Um, fees streamlined to a, a half a percent for all conversions because we're getting rid of the other priority options and the higher yeah. fees. So all, all conversions now in Haven will have a um, half percent uh, conversion fee that includes all the other uh, X assets like XBTC. So uh, I'm going to stop talking and shut up and let anybody else uh, who, who was either part of the working group or uh, has been close to this comment, um, feel free to raise your hand, jump in, tell me what I missed, what I'm explaining wrong, uh, fire away. I've been talking to Klein for like a year and a half on Discord, and I can't wait to hear what he sounds like. I'm guessing it's like Mike Tyson or something like that. <laughs> That's your cue, Klein. Fire away. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, there you are. Excellent. Hi, everyone. Hey. <laughs> wow, I love the accent. <laughs> British. <laughs> So yeah, um, good good to be here and um, finally meet you all in, um, you know, almost in person. One day we'll be able to see each other. Indeed. So, Klein, why don't you why don't you talk to us a little bit about, you know, what you, uh, uh, kind of what it was like being in the working group, maybe some of the ideas that you had, or just kind of your experience with that. Let me just cut down the feedback I'm getting. Hang on. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm I'm recording um, on laptop as well, so I'm getting a feedback because oh, of these thanks injuries. For that. No worries. Sorry. So, can you please uh, repeat the question? Sorry. Yeah, we were just we were just thinking if you could. I mean, you were a part of the working group that came up with the proposal and sort of shared it, the the, the rationale behind it with the community. Just give your thoughts real quick on both that that process, what's in the proposal and what you see as the next steps, either for the working group or the, or the community at large. Okay. I mean, the proposal started with um, us looking at the initial problem of inflation and how easy it was to 
not just to manipulate the price, but to also play the game of onshoring and offshoring using the MA advantage. So that was the initial um, sort of stage. And um, it was, it, it's been obvious for a long time that the MA advantage gave everyone um, an opportunity to, um, to play along, not just the whales. So um, that was the first thing that we needed to get rid of. And after that, it was just a question of whether we're going to change the on and offshore lock times and how we're going to do that. And there's been, um, and we, we, we spent hours discussing what the best thing to do is in the short space of time that we've got before the fork. Um, and I think we, we just decided to do it really simply um, to just have one lock time for each way and also reduce the fees and make it make it simple all, uh, across the board. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, the, from then on, it was it was straightforward. And then we decided to um, after the fork, we're going to have a, an in-depth discussion on how to um, actually make it more robust for long term. That's kind of the um, that's how it started, really. Um, yeah. That's great. And and maybe could you speak real quick to sort of the uh, why we viewed the need I mean, why the group all viewed the need for an asymmetric model versus something that, um, you know, was equal on both sides. I think there was plenty of debate both within the group and in the community about what, what the time should be and the length and everything. But I think there was pretty general agreement that um, there should be a longer offshore and a, and a much shorter onshore. Yes. I mean, um... The other thing that we, that was that dawned on us is that it, we need to make it easy to either get into the system or to get out of the system. And um, we then had debates around uh, what would be the best option. And I actually preferred to get into the system quicker than get out. So for me personally, at the beginning, it was have a shorter offshore and a longer onshore. But there's been the, there were pretty good arguments against that. For example, um, you know, people would be feeling trapped if they um, if they come into the system quickly and then they can't leave. Um, it would probably create a negative uh, sort of sentiment. Um, so that's what really um, changed my mind on that. And I think we all pretty much agreed that a longer a longer offshore with a shorter onshore would be probably the best because you can still um, buy XUSD on exchanges and have the luxury of getting into the system fairly quickly and then also buy access assets on top of that. Yeah, that's perfect. And I think the, the thing that was useful for me, you know, I mean, sometimes these discussions can be an echo chamber and we, you know, we've certainly been guilty of, of an echo chamber where we're not really sort of trying to think outside the box and, the, yeah. this the group the community group that came together was was great in part because it disagreed on a lot of things um but but found a way to to disagree while also being productive and trying to find some consensus on things um so i think this this idea of an asymmetric lock period was one where there was a ton of debate about exactly how long and and how it should be structured uh but eventually uh, a lot of different people were able to come to the you know consensus that this is the balance that would that would be best, at least in the short term, um, while we think about what everything should look like for the long term. Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, Matt created a, a very good spreadsheet um, showing 
the numbers and the the quantities of onshore and offshores, and from there it was it was quite obvious uh, what whales um, were using, and that's what gave us the idea on the exact time. So we knew that the the usual turnaround would be between nine and fourteen days, and we were thinking that we should right. really increase that a little bit to slow down the amount of um, the the round trip effectively. Right. Yeah. Round trip ended up becoming sort of the, 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 the theme, right? We needed to reduce the overall length of time that somebody would have to go from XHV to XUSD back to XHV, um, you know, to disincentivize somebody from manipulating the price of, of XHV on an exchange. And the, the data was really clear, right? Like the vast majority of large trades were, were done in nine days, two days, um, two days offshore and seven days onshore. Yeah. And just to jump in real quick, I think it's really key that people understand that, you know, this, these changes came from a data driven place. So that was really where things became most apparent was, you know, diving into the data and seeing that there, there were just consistently used time periods that the whales were taking advantage of. And so that was really kind of the lowest hanging fruit. Yep, Absolutely. I think from a from an end user perspective, uh, can you guys hear me? I think I just hit a button. Yeah, yeah, you're there. Yeah. So I think from an end user perspective, um, not from I guess from a whale's perspective, there was always um, there was always the people that were complaining about in regards to the onshore of you know selecting your price uh, to onshore at, and then all of a sudden seven days later, uh, you know the the price of Haven is uh, not where you thought it was going to be. So I think that that was um that was a welcome feature from the community to hear about the 12, 12 hour onshores versus you know, two days, five days, whatever the heck it was, seven days. Um, I think that was a big deal. Um, and you obviously can't go 12 off, 12 on, you know, you can't match it up symmetrically that way. But I think that was a big win for the average end user of having that 12 hour onshore because it does allow you to get back um, out of the X-axis ecosystem uh, and hopefully in a range that you thought you were going to be getting back at uh, in the first place when you press that button. Yep, that's a good point. And just to clarify too, from the from the team and the dev side, I mean, I, th I think the other limiting factor for the, the the group's discussion and the proposal that was eventually put forward was, what could we do in the matter of a couple weeks um, or a month or something, um, not three months or six months or twelve months um, that could be deployed pretty quickly and securely. And I think all of these changes, I mean, uh, most of them, from what I understand from the dev team, have already. Um, been been coded and, and essentially written up and we should have a build next week for everybody to test um, if not sooner um, they're pretty straightforward changes right changing the lock time is changing a number <clears throat> uh, changing uh, removing the delta advantage is essentially uh, it's not changing anything in the in the transaction construction it's changing the price that the conversion is given um, in the vault so that's a pretty straightforward change the fees are pretty straightforward and actually maybe the most um, complicated task was the change unlock feature and and lots of people have sort of looked at this and uh, my understanding is is Niak is already pretty much done with it um, he may have already committed the first part of it if, um, if I am not mistaken so that was the other thing right we didn't want to go into a process that required you know six months of trying to do uh, a huge huge development lift as Gray Wolf said let's let's do the low-hanging fruit and then move forward All right. Um, unless uh, 
Zab or Gray Wolf or Klein, unless you guys have anything else to add, maybe we can open it up for uh, for questions and discussion. Yeah, yeah I was just, good. Yeah, I was oh, just gonna sorry. say as the last point that um, you know, now that this low hanging fruit's been taken care of, it's really time for you know the outer community to begin suggesting things for you know the longer future, so they can start being kind of covered and mapped out towards you know a roadmap. Yep, I'd agree with that. And I think I'd also say the discussion that at least we've had in in Discord and on Telegram over the last week or or so after the proposal came out was really helpful. I mean, um, we've had a ton of different ideas, some really interesting, some I don't understand, some that will never work, but some that should be talked about. Um, And I think that kind of discussion is something we need to do um, quickly. And I think there's a bunch of good ideas out there that could be refined. Uh, um, into something uh, that is really that could be really useful long term. So I'd encourage everybody to keep that discussion going. Um, and there's a good place in Discord to do it. But uh, we're we're open to any ideas at this point. And I think everybody recognizes that there's plenty of other opportunities to improve the network, the protocol, the ecosystem over the long term. Cool. All right. I'll uh, open it up to some questions. If you want to ask a question, just request to be a speaker and I'll try and not like kick you out and actually make this work. So just request to be a speaker and we'll get you started. Let's see. First one. Hutna. Hutna. Hold on. You should be able to speak now or shortly or soon. Are you there? Your mic might be muted. Looks like you are a speaker oh, now, but you might be muted. Hey there, can I hear you? Yeah, yep. perfect. Um, so yeah, I fully agree with the uh, proposal that's just happened and um, I'm glad it's it's worked out the way it has. Um, I'm not sure who said it, but someone mentioned about putting out to the outer community and what they'd like coming next. I just want to know what the devs team and your guys' opinions are on what you want to see next. And is it going to pick up on the roadmap from just before the hack, um, like six months ago? Thank you. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, uh, you know, my answer, and this might be, this might sound like um, a dodge, but it really isn't. My answer is, I, I think the team is in all agreement that we want to do what the community wants to do. Um, and I, I know it's kind of a, a feedback loop, but there's, you know, the biggest request from, I think, the community and something that we all agree is needed is building out the XUSD ecosystem and, and the utility for XUSD and X assets. And there's a bunch of different things that could be done um, to build that out, right? It's, it's listing XUSD in different places. It's creating opportunities to do DeFi-like applications for XUSD. Um, I think that is, has been identified as a top priority and something that, um, we all agree, um, should be a priority. So it's the Thorchain integration, it's, you know, getting added to, to cake wallet and having other, other ways to, to send and transact with XUSD. Um, I mean, those are the two things that we're working on probably the most, um, that's probably the most intensive work right now, but we're open to those other ideas. So I think it's really focusing on how you build out an ecosystem so you can attract more people to actually be using Haven, be using the X assets and understand 
sort of why Haven is so unique um, because you have a, you know, a, a private ecosystem that doesn't exist anywhere else. So um, we're definitely, you know, listening to the community and we want to be guided by the priorities that the community has set out. And, and that's probably the, those are probably the first couple priorities. Um, hold on. Let's see. Zab, sorry. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to say that I, I think it's important to note that, um, you know, in, in the Discord channels, uh, in that tokenomics channel, um, I just want to say that it, it, it was really important for everybody, if they've got an opinion or an idea about something, uh, to not feel shy and to go in there and actually voice that opinion. Um, I, I think it's been a major help uh, in the ideas channel, in the uh, in the tokenomics channel, um, really just anywhere throughout there, uh, because, you know, somebody's idea uh which may sound a little bit crazy to others uh, because we know the attitudes and, and personalities in there uh, that could eventually spark the idea uh, for something else that brings about great change. So um, I think it's really important for everybody in the community, literally everybody uh, to, to try and make their voices heard. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, since, since we launched Haven 2.0 in, in November and really sort of got past the, the, the awful summer that we all lived through, um, I think we're as confident as we've ever been in the, the the strength and security of the protocol itself. And now it's all about how do you optimize the protocol so that people can use it and so that people have access to a private stable coin and can transact with it and can engage with it in other sort of DeFi spaces. And there's a bunch of different ideas in that space. And it's probably our job to help um, distill all these ideas down into some priorities. And right now we have, you know, we have ThorChains, obviously that integration is a top priority and something that the, the dev team works on every single day. Um, and there's probably lots of others too. So we, we you know, all suggestions are welcome and, um, and I think they'll be well received by the team, the community. Uh, let's see, I think there's one or two more uh, questions. Hold on. Lavezzi, Lavezzi, you should be added as a speaker. Can you hear us? Can we hear you? Are you there? Is it me? Hey, yeah, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just have this um question that um that I did ask the last time about um heaven with um ledger. Um, I was asking right. if you guys are going to prioritize um working with ledger um um x or having um holders being able to um use ledger with um with x vr yep yeah good question um it is something that we have continued to talk about i know a couple of the devs have uh, circled back on how next to approach our application to Ledger and I think are working on possibly getting the help of a third party to assist us with that. Um, but again, I, that is something I, I'm not entirely sure what the timeline looks like, but it is, it, it's at the top of mind for, for everybody in our community. I know it's a priority for, for, for most people. It, it is for me, certainly, personally. Um, but the process has been slowed by both all the distractions and work we've had for the last couple of months and um, Ledger's process for, for getting an application in and approved. So I do think the wheels are turning, but we'll, we'll need to um, get back and figure out exactly what the timeline looks like. 
Okay. But will it be anything this year or maybe? I hope so. Yeah. That, I mean, that would certainly be the goal. I, I don't think it's something that is going to be an impossible task that we, I mean, it, it it's absolutely possible and we need to probably put some manpower and resources behind finishing whatever's required of the application um, to get it approved. So yeah, I, I would hope so. I'd hope that it's sooner rather than later. I'm full of hope. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Uh, Douglas, Doug, Douglas, I think you should be added as a speaker. Hey, how's it going guys? Uh, sorry. Hey, good. How are you? Well. Good. We good. So uh, awesome. Um, yeah. So Doug Tuman, I run the Monero talk, uh, podcast, YouTube show, the Monero oh, awesome. Copia show. Uh, been following you guys from a distance, but to be honest, never really dived in deep. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm kind of a, a Monero maxi and just sure, hesitant yeah. of other, of other coins. Uh, but really interested in what you guys are trying to do. Uh, in theory sounds amazing. Uh, sounds like something that I would personally love to use. Uh, you know, if we could get to the point where it's, uh, I guess, uh, where we can trust the tech enough. Um, so kudos to you guys for experimenting with this and forging ahead. Really excited to see what you can do. Um, and I just wanted to just put two things out there. Number one, would love to eventually have you guys on the show. If you're ever interested in doing that, we could, you know, dive deeper down the rabbit hole and expose you guys further to the Monero community. Uh, and number two, would love to, uh, you know, have you guys potentially attend the conference that we're throwing in Miami? Um, and, you know, maybe somebody come down and be a speaker and give a presentation on Haven and where you guys are currently at. I think it would just be a good way to get the tech up in front of the Monero community. And obviously a lot of people in Monero are already familiar with it, but I think it would be a, a, a nice way to work with the Monero community and also just meet people in person and socialize and maybe, uh, you know, new things can come from that. So just throwing those two things out there, uh, coming on the show potentially, and even uh, more importantly, trying to get you guys involved in the in-person conference that we're throwing in Miami in April. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, thank you. No, really appreciate it. Um, would love to do the podcast sometime. Um, so I'll, I'll get in touch with you. Uh, offline and maybe we can figure out a, a time or certainly some topics that would be useful for you and for, for your listeners. We'd love to do that. Um, same for the conference too. Well, let me go back and figure out who's available and, and willing to do stuff in person, but we'd love to. And I think that's part of our challenge too, right? We, um, we, we all feel like we've built something pretty innovative thanks to all the hard work that Monero's done over the years. Um, and we're excited to share it and talk about it and, and show people how to use it and, and how it works. Uh, but the reality is, you know, we're super tiny and uh, there's not a lot of people that know about the project, much less understand how it works or understand why Monero and, and private by default chains are important. So we're all for uh, getting the word out on all those topics and, and appreciate the offers too. So thank you. And it can't really be overstated awesome. enough that, um, you know, Haven is very, very thankful to Monero for all the work that they've done that kind of led to even being able to facilitate this type of system. So, um, you know, as much as a lot of the users are Haven maxis, they all remember where it's, you know, coming from. And 
the base attack and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, oh, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there's, there's certainly, uh, you know, that old adage is a lot more that unites us than divides us. And uh, especially with the, with these two projects, uh, I see them working very well together, potentially down the road. Um, you know, uh, a Haven being, uh, you know, living up to its name and just being, uh, you know, a, a way for those that, that use Monero uh, to, to jump into another crypto uh, anonymously and privately and, and store and simply store their wealth uh, for when they want to do it. Um, you know, there's, there's really no, no other way to do that right now. Uh, and so I think it's, it's kind of a match made in heaven if it, if it could work out in the long run. No doubt. And um, I would second what Gray Wolf said. I mean, I think there's plenty of, plenty of folks that, um, you know, don't necessarily think that there's not room in the world for more good ideas, but the reality is Haven wouldn't be here without Monero. And I think we're, we have an advantage of, having been able to, to work with the Monero community and, and some of the devs themselves and, and actually spend time over the last couple of years learning Monero, which takes time um, to build out Haven on, on Monero, which hasn't been done before and, and build out, you know, a, a private stable coin and an ecosystem on top of Monero, which um, draws from all the stuff that Monero has done and, and build some really cool stuff on top of it. So they're not mutually exclusive at all. And we should, we should be finding more ways to work together um, for sure. So, Thanks, Doug. Cool, man. Yeah, please, please reach out. Will do. You'll be hearing from me soon for sure. Doug, I just wanted to say I've uh, you know heard some of your stuff before, and I'm uh, pretty much a fan here. So uh, it's pretty exciting to see you on here, and uh, it's pretty awesome, uh, um, you know, what you're proposing. Uh, but just in general, guys, I actually got to run. Boss is wondering where the hell I'm at, uh, so I got to skip out <laughs> early today. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to get out of the car for once and actually go back in. Uh, Klein, awesome hearing your voice. Gray Wolf. Uh, Hawk as usual, uh, and have fun. I'll see you guys in Discord. Thanks, Ab. Talk soon. Cheers, right. Take care. Um, let's see. I think uh, we have another question from Dr. Burns. Dr. Burns, you should be added as a speaker now. Fire away. Yo, what's going on, man? Hey, how's Even it going? Monero people. Nice to. How are you? Good. Nice to hear Douglas here in Ahawk, right? That's uh, that's you there at the Haven host. Yes, sir. Very cool. Uh, been a big fan ever since I found out about Haven actually not too long ago. I'm curious. Um, so this simple fixture that you guys did, I wasn't here at the beginning of the talk, but so you made it so it takes longer to offshore into the X assets and then it doesn't and then the getting back onshore getting your xus i mean xhv back is a little is only 12 hours is that the 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 correction you yeah, made right. so what does that really do so what it. was the problem happening yeah i think you know the 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 basic problem around <laughs> the the lock times well, there's probably two of them um the first is that in the onshore process right so when you're going from xusd mm-hmm. back to xhv mm-hmm. In that scenario, let's say somebody's holding a thousand XUSD, they would expect that when they convert back to XHV, they're getting somewhere pretty close to a thousand dollars worth of XHV. Yeah, based on I the think market the, value at that. Point. Yeah, exactly. Yep. 
So the problem with the, the lock periods that we had for onshores before was that it extended that window of time before your XHV was unlocked. And during that time, whether it was seven days or 48 hours, um, the price of XHV could have, could have shifted, you know, potentially in a significant way. And your Quick. 1,000 XUSC could have been worth a lot more or a lot less. I see. And that's a problem. Right? I see. So a- once you did the, the moment when you hit um, onshore or you get your XHV back, you had to wait a while, but it was at the price that you hit the button. Correct. Yeah, the price at the I- time of the transaction. Yep. Yep, yep. Okay. And that and- was people complained about because they thought, oh, I should have been able to get my funds right away or sooner. Yeah, I think it's always been sort of a built-in issue that users have had to deal with. I mean, I think there's lots of trade-offs, and there's good reasons why those lock times were implemented at the beginning of the project. But I think now that we're, you know... Is the lock times really, like, I don't know, that doesn't really look like a long-term type of solution. It seems like there's always going to be some sort of little way around that for people to figure out something. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely more of a stopgap solution than something that's mm-hmm. going to overhaul the, the protocol. Right. I think one nice. thing that's changed over the last year is that we do now have at least a couple markets, external markets for XUSD that mm-hmm. allow tra- uh, you know and trade over and polarity yeah. that allowed trading of XUSD to happen off of the, you know outside of the vault. Um, so I, I think that does change the, the dynamic a little. And really, the the long offshore, the reason there, as I think Klein described earlier was to increase the round trip that it would take somebody from go from going from xhv to xusd back to xhv given that xhv's liquidity is still pretty low and um it's it's clear that large holders have tried to to use a shorter round trip Mm -hmm. um you know to potentially um increase their their holdings um thanks to the low liquidity on exchanges so that was the reason for the long offshore. It it might correct itself just for more liquidity being in the market, huh? Oh, absolutely. Liquidity yeah. is number one. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Let's uh let's keep it uh, strong. I love this this whole project, man. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for the See question. You guys, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, take care, man. Uh, <laughs> anybody else that has a uh, question, comment? Uh, grievance, go down the list, fire away. I, got, I have a couple more minutes. Um, if not, I will. I will assume everybody is perfectly happy with everything and has no questions about anything, which is perfect. Lavezzi, you're back, or you should be back. Are you there? Um, uh, should I go? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, as um, a, um, a heaven enthusiast, um, what what is required of us to make sure that um, um, heaven really get the recognition it deserves and to fire the the uh, the project to uh, to the wall? Like, what what is required for like the heaven fans? To make sure that um the project is very well run and everything is going smoothly. Yeah, um, I think I mean, good question. We're, you know, we're only as strong as our community right now. I think our um, our success has been be- mostly because of 
of word of mouth and a growing group of people that actually use the protocol, um, value, you know, privacy and crypto, care about this space. You know, maybe they came from the Monero community or the part of the Monero community. They're interested in what Haven's building. So I think in, in whatever way you're able to get active with our community, whether that's on social media or doing stuff on YouTube or Twitter, or actually just telling people and telling your friends, that's one way to do it. Um, we could certainly use, um, you know, connections to other developers in the Monero space that you know, might, might be able to help us build out some of the things that we have planned. Um, so dev work is always is welcomed. Um, and, and I mean, anything that you can offer that would a expand um, the reach of Haven and the ability for people to even know that it exists uh, or B contribute directly to the things that we're developing or working on or trying to fund um, we're, we're open to any and all ideas. So whatever way you're able to get involved, I guarantee it'll be useful uh, long-term for the project. Um, what about um, funding? Is it allowed for enthusiasts or people who like um, having to maybe fund or have fun to have more developers and stuff like that? Is there a yeah, I mean, there, so there's there's not really a structured way at the moment. I think we're working on some ideas about how we, you know, decentralize and and plan out the funding for some of the things that have been proposed. Um, and we have a, a bug bounty program that is is pretty substantial that has been working in terms of allowing you know developers to come with us with things that they've found. Um, but I, I would encourage you to jump on Discord and talk to us uh, about any any of the other sort of external ideas that about funding and things that actually require some resources because I, I think we'd be open to talking about them. All right. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. I have two more questions. Uh, double standard. You should be there. And Arnie Vanderhoven, Vanderhaven, you should be there. Fire away. Can you hear me? Can I can't hear you. You might be muted. Is that me? It's my turn, right? Hey, yeah, there you go. I can hear you. Hi, hi. thank you for, for giving me this time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go straight up to the future application and the activities you're, you guys are doing. So I'm, I'm not a technical. Uh, I'm not into coding. I'm from a completely different field. But I was just curious, uh, uh, in uh, practical terms, uh, about the Torchain integration, so what the, what does it mean? I mean, uh, practically, so what you guys uh, uh, need to do, and I mean, a, a bit of an explanation of this kind of work because I, I couldn't find uh, much detail on this and I'm very curious uh, to know what is it about. Sure, uh, good question. So on, on ThorChain, I think, and I'm not a developer either, but from what I've learned from our dev team is that you know, the integration of crypto note chains on, on ThorChain is a lot more com complex than anybody really anticipated, both from our side and their side. I think the good news is we have done, well, we did a ton of work sort of last summer um, before the attack. It was all sort of put on pause until uh, about, you know, two months ago. And the, the, the work we've done in the last two months has, you know, updated our... Um, our client, our ThorChain client, that would be a Haven client, um, and updated to the latest ThorChain code. 
we've done a ton of work in sort of creating the um, what will eventually become the pull request that has to be submitted to Thorchain so that they can receive it and put it on their stage net for testing or their test net and stage net. Um, and right now I mean, we have our, our, our devs have a, a, a pretty full test working testing environment that allows you um, to send and receive Haven assets from a Thorchain pool in a test net environment and uh, be able to provide liquidity with Haven assets in, in a, a Thorchain pool. So it is really coming along. I think there are some final pieces that are proving a lot harder to solve than everybody thought. But the, I mean, the, the thing that encourages me is that the Thorchain team has been incredible and they have, um, they have a big team, but a bunch of people that are really committed to integrating crypto note coins, Monero and Haven onto Thorchain. And they've been giving us all the help and feedback and assistance we could ask for. Um, so that's been really encouraging. I think there's there's some final pieces related to how all these wallets are going to interact with each other that that have to get ironed out. But it's something that our guys are working on pretty much every single day, and I'm confident that uh, it will it will it will get resolved in a way that allows us to present an integration to Thorchain that is going to work for Haven, um, which is what we all want. So I, I think we're getting there, but I don't want to put timelines on it because it is it is really hard work and it's new and it's uh, innovative and it has been done before, um, but we're, we're we're making progress. Is the short version. Thank you very much. Uh, that's very clear. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks and, for the question. And keep on with the good work. Uh, full support from uh, from me from the little I can give. Let's say. Hey, we'll do. No, really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Arnie, did you have a question? We probably have time for like one more. And then uh, I have to jump. But... Yeah, hi. Um, first of all, I also would like to address Kleinroy for helping me when my funds were stuck on KuCoin. Ah, great. <laughs> he's the, really he's the support wizard. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I was wondering, um, I only converted XHV to XUSD in the past. Uh, I waited seven days or something like that. But what... Is it would it be possible to implement uh, converting XHV to an XHV asset of an X asset like XBTC right. in the future? Because yep. first now you have to wait 21 days before you can convert to XUSD, and then only then you can convert in the vault to like a BTC X asset. Right. Why is there no straight way to do this? Or uh, yeah, it'd be really uh, interesting. To say yeah, it, it, that's a, it's a good question. It's so two separate things. I mean, the first one is, it, would there be a way in the future to go directly from XHV to an X asset that is not XUSD, like you said, like XBTC, yeah, exactly. or X yeah. gold or X silver or something? And I mean, the, the short answer is the protocol was designed, the mint and burn part of the protocol was designed at the beginning to create a gateway uh, between XUSD and, and X assets and have... XHV and XUSD be a separate gateway. And, and the, the practical answer from my understanding is that there's no opposition to creating a way for you to exchange XHV directly to an X asset. Um, not, none that I can think of, I could be wrong. Um, but I don't, so I don't think there's an opposition to the idea. I think there's a ton of work that would have to go into overhauling how mint and burn works for that to happen. And I don't really have a sense of, um, 
the scale of that work and how long it would take and what it would require, require and everything. But I, I don't think you're the only one asking that question, which is the, the good news. I think there's a lot of people interested in yeah. how, how you, yeah, how you expand access, access to X assets, um, given that we're going to have longer uh, offshore times for XUSD. I mean, one way is that you can just buy XUSD on an exchange and, and, and convert it into an X asset um, pretty quickly. But that requires you to use an exchange, and that's a whole separate, you know, conversation. So it's worth uh, thinking about, I think. Okay, uh, I'm glad with your answer. I hope to see the changes made soon, and uh, I hope that uh, the uh, uh, the confidence in in the project grows again. It's really sad to see the downward trend all this time. Yeah, indeed, and I think that's uh, why we're all here is to continue building confidence and trust in in the project and. Uh, get it to a place where a lot more people are able to use it and uh, interact with the network. Thanks for the question. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Um, I, I just want to ask one question before I go. Before you go. Sure, yeah, go ahead. Um, is there any, um, like, for example, um, somebody wants to buy a large amount of X, XHV, um, and their only alternative is to go to a um, uh, over-the-counter um, exchange. Um, is there any is there any way that um someone can can buy a large amount of of, of tokens from um from a centralized um, what to call it from a centralized or decentralized um, exchange? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the limitation that we have right now is is you're only able to buy XHV on the, the exchanges where it's listed, right? So Trade Ogre and, and QCoin and, and Bittrex and a few others. And I think combined um, against all those exchanges, we probably do um, anywhere from several hundred thousand dollars to a couple million dollars in volume every day. Um, so there's a way to, to get, uh, you know, to get your hands on a pretty sizable amount of XHV if you want to. But to your point, um, it, it, you know, that they're pretty low liquidity. I think, I think they're, they're, uh, those exchanges do a ton of volume and anybody that's interested in accumulating is able to for the most part. But I, I think that speaks to why we should continue to build out the, the decentralized exchange options, um, polarities, the, the most recent example. And I think a great example of how, how it can work. Um, Thorchain is another one that has, you know, the, the pooling concept that, um, you know, would potentially allow for, for larger transactions as well. But uh, yeah, right now you're, you're limited by the exchanges we're on and, 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 you know, the, the supply that's in the order books on exchanges. And that's, that's really, um, you know, we need to build out all those options in the future too. Gray Wolf, you can go ahead. Did you want to say something? Oh, I think yeah, I had to re-add you. Hold on. Should be able to speak now. Are you there? Yep, I'm back. Okay. Did you want to say something? Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to jump in and say that, um, you know, there there is quite a large amount of liquidity floating around the uh, three or four exchange pairs. So, for example, um, yeah. you know, in a given day between, like, Polarity and Trade Ogre, you know, I've seen at least like 
a million gets settled and the person was even able to get the XUSD at a discount too. Um, so I would say that the liquidity provisioning is getting much better for Haven each day that goes by. And I think that the proposal yeah, coming that's, up that's, yep. is really going to strengthen the position of XUSD and how stable it is. That's a good point too. Like the, the, the growth of XUSD markets is just another entry point for the Haven ecosystem. So you might be buying XUSD um, to have, you know, a USD amount of, uh, of your portfolio, or you may be buying XUSD to get Haven XHV at a discount, right? So the, the more that we can grow XUSD markets just provides another avenue for people who are looking to get into the, to the ecosystem um, for sure. All right, guys, I apologize. I have to run. Um, thank you to everybody that, that uh, joined and helped out and listened and asked questions. Um, we'll keep doing these. Again, the, uh, the proposal was approved today. Hopefully, we're going to be in testing on it next week and get it deployed. Um, I, I, I'm hoping no later than the first week of February, sooner if we can, of course, but we need to test this stuff before it gets um, put out on the main net. So, um, Stop by the Discord, uh, follow our blog on havenprotocol.org, uh, follow the Twitter account. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to let you guys know what's going on and uh, stop by, ask questions, and we'll hopefully do more of these too in the future. So thanks to everybody. Thanks all from me too. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks for hosting. Have a great yeah. one, everyone. All right. See you. See you in the Discord. <laughs> Bye.